Welcome to the Touchdowns to Home Runs or TDs to HRs podcast presented by absolutely no one. No ad podcast. What does it get any better for you guys right now? You do not have to listen to this podcast right now and hear me say, oh, this is presented by this company. You should go buy their product because their product is the best, blah, 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 blah. No, we talk about sports and sports only here right now. We don't have any sponsors. That could just be because no one wants to sponsor this podcast right now because let's face it, it's not getting that many viewers, but you know, or listeners, whatever you want to call it for a podcast. I'm used to doing YouTube stuff. Podcasts, you guys just listen. You don't really watch me. Although I do put clips on YouTube right now of me talking about this so you can see me actually talking about it. Definitely check out. This is where this whole podcast is branched out from. Touchdowns to Home Runs, the YouTube channel. But we got a packed slate to talk about today. And guess what? It's still football themed. How could we talk about anything but football? Yes, it's the offseason. Yes, NFL is over, college is over. But we have an emerging football league that is going to be a main topic today. Our three topics for today. We're going to go, we're going to talk about this new fan controlled football league and talk about what that's all about and what I've seen so far and just give my opinion on it because I honestly find it very interesting. Like, this is. This isn't just your XFL or AAF, just another league that's trying to make a name and just make football after football. This is way different than that. So that's something that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about J.J. Watt, the Texans cutting J.J. Watt, impossible landing places for J.J. Watt. And then we'll finish it up. What should we go with? Oh, yeah. Top five quarterbacks coming in this NFL draft. I'm going to rank them all. I'm guessing you could pick the top five guys. It's not that hard, but... What order? In what order am I going to put these guys? I may give a prediction on what team they go to, but it's going to be a great episode. So guys, definitely sit back, relax, and just enjoy. Have a good time because this is going to be an amazing episode of the Touchdowns to Hope Runs podcast. Let's get into it. Starting off with my reaction, my honest reaction, and just what I've analyzed. Now, I'm not the most comfortable with this league yet. I haven't watched a game live yet. I'm planning to. I really want to because this league actually looks very interesting. It's just something, in my opinion, it's drunk football. It's just a after football season kind of thing that you watch because you're just sad and miss football. And I think that this is the perfect time for it. I don't think that missing football or the post football, like sadness, whatever you want to call it for football fans, has been any greater than it is right now because COVID really took us down to the parts where we didn't think that we were getting football this season. And during COVID and everything, we're something where the whole world is shut down. Football was something that us football fans really, really needed back. And we got it back and we had an amazing time, no matter how your team did. Like I'm a Carolina Gamecocks fan. We did not have a good season at all. I still enjoyed every single second of watching Carolina football this season because I really took it for granted. The years before, I know every single year, I say, oh, I just can't wait for SEC football to come back. I can't wait for Carolina football to come back. And when it does, I just it just makes me so happy. And this year, like a hundred times more. Like it was so much fun. Even though we went two and eight this season, I had a blast watching Carolina football this season just because it was back. The fan controlled football league, that's what we're talking about today. It's it's honestly just drunk football. It's something to watch after football, but I don't think that there's a better time to come out with this. And I love, I love the balls that these guys had. Whoever created this league, I don't know. Like, again, I'm still new. This could have been a thing before, and they're just bringing it back this year, or this could be something completely new. But these guys have some serious guts, and I applaud them for that. And it's honestly a very interesting and very entertaining thing to look at. So the fan-controlled football league, this is how 
I see it right now from everything that I've taken in. So basically, you have these owners. You basically have a bunch of celebrity owners. I know Marshawn Lynch is in there. I know you got Quavo. I know you got um, Bob Menery. For those of you who know Bob Menery, love him. And you have just four teams and you have a big pool of players. Now, the thing is, what makes this league so special, it says in the name, Fan Controlled Football League. This league is controlled by the fans. And when I say it's controlled by the fans, I'm not joking you. Like, this isn't just, oh, the fans get to say in what uniforms we get to wear next game or something like that. No, this is basically fantasy football. This is basically you take your Madden Dynasty or whatever, or your Madden franchise mode, or you take your fantasy football league and you apply it to real football. Like, I'm dead serious. Every single week, this is like FanDuel. I think FanDuel does it where you have a new, you can play games with new fantasy team every single week. It's the exact same here. You're able to draft a new team. Like, obviously, it's not just you, but as a fan base collectively, you pick one of the four teams. I know that there's the Zappers, there's the Beast, there's the, like, Arctic Boys or something like that, and I can't remember the last team. But you pick your fan base. Like, I went in, I have an account. I picked, I think I picked the Zappers just because I have Johnny Manziel and Bob Mennery, and I'm a big fan of those two guys. Or they had Johnny Manziel last game. But the thing is, you pick. You pick who's on your team every single week. You, as a fan base collectively, go in and do your own fantasy draft. And, like, the players switch teams every single week. It's complete chaos. But you just sit back and think about it and be like, in what other pro sports league are we going to be able to do this? In what other league am I going to have the power to go out and control what my team is doing? It's just, ins- it's just pure insanity. Not only that, but... When the game actually gets in action, I think there's something where you, like, control. There's some guy, I forget who it is, you control his, like, outfit or whatever. Like, that's, it's nothing interesting. But in the actual game, it's another thing where you have your app or whatever on your phone or you're on your computer and you're on the Twitch. I think that's where they stream it. And you pick the plays for your team. Again, collectively as a fan base, they show you, it's like Madden. It's just like you have Ask Coach. You'll have like four plays up on the screen and you pick which play you want to see them run. And whatever pick, whatever play is picked the most or gets the majority of votes is that play that that team's running. It's absolutely insane. Like it's just crazy to think about that you have that much control. I remember the AAFs had something that's like you get to like predict whether the play is going to be a pass or run or something like that and you go up the leaderboards this is completely different this is you have control of what this team is going to be running and you honestly like level up this is honestly like a phone game like this is something that you go into the app store like what's the game clash of clans um adventure capitalist i play that game sometimes it's just a game where you like try to get as much money as possible i have like some crazy it's not it's like a made-up number amount of money right now but it's a game where you like level up and stuff and This league has made it so that if you pick plays that are successful, if you pick players that are successful, if you pick all these different things, you level up and you move up the leaderboards. And I think, I don't know, I should have done more research. Like, this is all just me going off of what I've seen the week before. I didn't want to go into the league too much and just, like, really get an in-depth analysis because I think that takes away just from the honesty of just an outsider looking in and stuff like that, and just someone who's interested in the league. I'm just giving you my first glimpse, my first impression of how this league is. There's still tons I need to learn about it, but basically it's arena football. I forgot to mention that too. Like it's not, they're not playing on a full football field. You have like three offensive linemen. You have a quarterback, maybe three receivers, maybe a running back. I don't know the exact amount of players. And it's like a 60 yard field or something like that or a 50 yard field, something, something really small. So it's basically the size of an arena football field. 
And it's just offensive shootouts. Like, these guys, you just, if you go out and watch any of the highlights, like especially Johnny Manziel in his game, he didn't have the greatest game, actually, but you saw some runs from him. I know another guy named Quentin Flowers. He was the ex-quarterback at UCF, I'm pretty sure, or USF. I'm pretty sure we played him a couple years ago at Carolina in the Birmingham Bulls, so that's how I know him. I remember him. But it's just insane concepts to think about. that. Like, And these guys just run all over the field. You see a lot of deep balls because, obviously, if you're a fan – and you just want to be entertained. Like, no one, I wouldn't say no one yet cares anywhere close to an NFL, how they'd care about about an NFL team or a college team. So it's not like you're, like, going to take this really seriously and be like, oh, there's no way I'd throw a deep ball here again for the third time in a row. We need a first down or whatever. We just need to run the ball. No, you're just you're just having fun. You're just throwing the ball deep. You just want to see something entertaining. So you have a lot of offense. The defense, I it, it was average. Like, I didn't see anything spectacular. But And then there's no extra point, I'm pretty sure. Instead, you have a two-point conversion from the five-yard line. It's just a simple, you have your quarterback out there, he takes the ball off the stool, and you have a one-on-one. I think that that is a perfect way. There's nothing that's more exciting than, especially in football practices, just one-on-ones. Seeing a wide receiver and a DB go at it, it's just really entertaining. So I think that is a great move there to just have a straight-up one-on-one for your extra points. Like, kick it a field goal. Yes, it's not going to leave the NFL because it's football. You got to you gotta make it, like, for a competitive league like the NFL or college football, you got to make it like that. But when you have a completely new league and you want something entertaining and is- interesting, I can't think of a better way to add the PAT or the two-point conversion after that. So... That's my first thoughts looking in. I saw some great highlights, saw a lot of deep ball passes, some good catches. But again, like this could be a second chance. I'm not saying that these guys are shooing to make the NFL after this, but let's say you got one guy really show off or whatever and he's doing well. Maybe he earns like a practice squad contract or something or maybe gets a spot on the team in the NFL. It's just these guys, I'm guessing, they're going to take whatever chance they have to get back in the NFL because I think the guys you have playing in this league are still chasing that dream. They're not giving up. They're not ready to give up yet. And it's just really interesting. And I think a great concept, especially now in COVID, I've said it again, where we're all missing football right now. There is nothing better just to throw on the TV than a game where you can literally control what happens. It's just unbelievable to think about. Like, imagine if they had this. They should do that for baseball. Like, there's got to be some baseball league that comes out with this where you control what pitch the pitcher pitches. You control the batter. You tell him, like, oh, you have to swing at this pitch. You don't have to swing. You must not swing at this pitch. Control the base runners. Like, you need a steal on this. You control how the defense is shaped up, let's put everyone out in the left field or something like that. Like Something like that for baseball would be cool. I don't see how you do it with basketball and hockey because it's not like something where it's something that's continuous and something that moves on, so you can't really pick plays. I guess you could switch the players or whatever, but like it, it's, it wouldn't work the same as it would for football and baseball. So I think that it's a great concept. And so far from the league, I'm definitely going to pay more attention to it, but very intrigued, very, very intrigued by the people at the, what is it, fan-controlled football league. Let's get into our second topic of this podcast. Let's get into J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt getting cut by the Houston Texans. Jack Easterby and J.J. Watt obviously make an agreement to let go. The longtime Houston Texan, the guy who was one of the best, or the best defensive player in the league, hands down at one point in his career, in his prime. I remember watching the NFL Honors, 
back when he was in the running for the MVP. I wanted him to win the MVP so bad. I can't remember who won it that season. It might have been like Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. It was definitely a quarterback, but he deserved the MVP that season. And it was really sad that he didn't get it. But I remember them putting up the nominees for Defensive Player of the Year. And they go, they show like Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, nominees and you know how they do like the whole cool video thing and they had the hype trap and it's like JJ Watt and they show all the highlights and everything and then after JJ Watt they just cut the video there's no other nominees it was just JJ Watt and it was just unbelievable it was hilarious because he was that dominant that season that no one even competed at the same level that JJ Watt did and he just walked away with that award easily so that was something that was really entertaining in JJ Watt's career obviously in Houston made a huge impact in Houston not only on the field but off the field when the flood hit Houston uh, when the flood hit Houston when the flood hit Houston obviously had a Im huge impact there donating lots of money i'm pretty sure he took home a Walter Payton man of the year award he helped the Texans a lot the Texans were a good team at some points he just they never got to the point where they were really contending for a super bowl you had those seasons with the line, like Jadeveon Clowney is one of my favorite players in the whole league. I don't know. Where's my Clowney Texans jersey? I think it's in my closet. I should have put that up back there. But when they had Clowney, when they brought him on the same line with J.J. Watt, and I think you had Vince Wolfork too, I thought about that defense as high as they could be because that was really exciting for me. I was a huge. I still am a huge Jadeveon Clowney fan. J.J. Watt's on there. Vince Wolfork is obviously a huge guy. But the, this team had the capabilities, especially when you had Deshaun Watson early on. The Chiefs game, you're up like 24-0 or something. You just can't close that game out. There's just some years where the Texans just could not do enough to be that Super Bowl contending team. And it hurt them. It honestly did. Like, you look, what if they beat the Chiefs? That one, instead of blowing that 24-point lead, what if they beat the Chiefs? It would be very, very interesting to see what happens. They could have gone to the Super Bowl easily. They just played their division rival in the Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship. You win that game, next thing you know, you're in the Super Bowl against a team who lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, who you would have won. It's just all speculation again, but just very interesting to think about. J.J. Watt landing spots. There are a bunch of different places. I think that he could go anywhere. Like He honestly has the capability to go anywhere, and he's going to make a decent amount of money. I'm not saying that he's going to get max, max contract as he would have if he was in his prime coming out of this, but look, don't get me wrong. J.J. Watt is still going to be an impactful player nonetheless to whatever team he goes for. I think DeAndre tweeted at him or something. He was like, let's go finish business or something like that. So he wants him in Arizona. I don't think Arizona's going to happen. It's just like DeAndre was like, oh, we played in Houston. Why not we finish the job out in Arizona now, you and me together. Let's go win a Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen. My top three picks right now, and for good reason, I'd go number three. Now you might be like, oh, no, you got a Chicago Bears jersey in the background. And if you know me, I'm a huge Chicago Bears fan. If you're watching the podcast, you're listening on the podcast, you obviously know that I don't you don't see a Chicago Bears jersey. So for the people watching this, you see the Bears jersey. I'm a big Chicago Bears fan. But this isn't biased that I'm picking the Chicago Bears at three because J.J. Watt's wife plays on the Women's Hockey League team in Chicago. So there might be a big push there. If you join that defensive line with Khalil Mack, You'd have Akeem Hicks on the inside too. You have Bilal Nichols who have played some amazing snaps during the end of the season last year. 
You have Robert Quinn. Obviously, he didn't do that much for the Bears last season. But the Bears' defense is definitely really good. And just adding J.J. Watt on there would help that defense grow even more. And he's just a great leader. He's a guy that you want in your locker room. And just a guy to create a culture in your locker room that we're here to win and do nothing else. And just a guy to really rally around. He would be great for the Bears. I'd love to get J.J. Watt. His wife is in Chicago already. So, who knows? We could see J.J. Watt in the Navy and the Orange for next season. I'd love it. As a Bears fan, of course, I'd be through the roof if we got another amazing defensive player. Obviously, we still need a quarterback, but I'd take J.J. Watt 10 times out of 5 times, if you want to call it that. I'm taking J.J. Watt any day of the week. I don't care how much money we have to throw down for him. Just get him on the team. We need a locker room change, and he is the guy to be able to do that. Number 2, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the it's it's obvious this could be the obvious number one for some of you guys because you got to finish off the Watt trio in Pittsburgh. You got TJ, you got Derek out there. Obviously, TJ is already one of the best, if not the best, defensive player in the NFL, especially last season, although the NFL did think differently because Aaron Donald took home that trophy, even though it should have been TJ Watts. And you have Derek Walk, the fullback for the Steelers. Why not go play with all your brothers? This might be your last chance to do it. Yeah, I could see it easily happening. Like, this one between the Steelers and my number one, which we're going to get to later, I think could clearly happen. I think that the Steelers have an amazing chance just because there's two brothers on that team. I don't think there's anything overly sexy about Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh in general other than the fact that his two brothers are there. They got a really good defense already, but that team has some problems. That team has some social media problems, if you want to call it that, or just guys who they 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 Pittsburgh is a team that needs a JJ Watt he they need someone to get those guys in line sometimes because you start out the season 11 to no and then finish off the season the way you did with losses to like Washington and Cincinnati and then losing to Cleveland in the in the what was it the wild card round Pittsburgh has a lot of leadership to be done and I think JJ Watt would be a great guy to go in there and obviously get to play with your three brothers which I think that would be amazing story and I'm pretty sure his parents would love that. They just moved to Pittsburgh and get to watch their three sons play football all at the same time and not have to have Red Zone on the TV or whatever, or go to one game, go to JJ's game, and then have Red Zone on your phone to watch weird, what Derek and uh, TJ are doing over in Pittsburgh. No, you can have all of them right there in the stadium. I think that that would be great. Number one for JJ Watt to finish it off, Green Bay Packers. I hate to say it. Because I'm a big Bears fan. I do not. I last thing, the last team I want him to be on is the Green Bay Packers. Because obviously, you know, I'm a big Bears fan and I hate the Packers. The Packers are my least favorite team in the NFL. No questions about it. But he's a Wisconsin boy, played for the Wisconsin Badgers, and I could see him going up back north 100%. The Packers, what were they? The number one seed in all the NFC at last year. They're a good team. They got a really good defense. And just to add to the defense, who cares? If your defense is already good, it can always be better. And adding a guy like J.J. Watt, again, he's a great leader. The Packers' problems were really on deep offense this season. Like, Aaron Rodgers in that game against, who was it, the Buccaneers? They, they could have done way better. Obviously, the Packers' secondary needs some help, but that's not J.J. Watt's role. I think he would still be an amazing fit in the Packers, just strengthening that defensive line, and I could see him going back home 100%. I think that that was where I'd put my money on. As soon as I saw he got released, I was like, yeah, he's going to the Packers. I think he's going to the Packers 100% because he was a Wisconsin Badger too, so he's used to playing up there. He loves it up there. That's where he's from, and he was a Packers fan growing up. So I got Bears 3. 
Steelers two, and then you've got the Green Bay Packers at number one for J.J. Watt sweepstakes. Going into our last topic today, and this is going to be the good one for this podcast, one that I'm very interested in, one something that I've been thinking about ever since the beginning of college football season, top five quarterbacks for this draft class, because we know the NFL draft class this year, especially for the quarterback position, one of the most stacked we've seen since the year we had like Baker, we had Josh Rosen, we had Josh Allen, we had Sam Darnold, and we had Lamar all go in the first round. You're going to see five go 100% in this round, uh, first round, in my opinion. My top five, I'm going to go, or what should we do here? Should I name them for you guys right now, or should I do them in order so it's kind of a shock? But you already know the five guys, so uh, whatever. I'll start off with five so you guys don't know. Say some of the suspense about maybe do I throw... Um, some random guy in here, like I'm trying to think of someone random, like what if Kyle Trask gets in here? Who knows? He could be number five, but you guys don't know that yet. But coming in at number five in my NFL QB draft class rankings, I have North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a guy I love personally, like not in the way, just, just forget I said that. But Trey Lance is a guy that the character he has, I love the attitude he plays with, and I love the way he plays football. And his play style is really fun to watch, too. There's just four other guys that I think, if I'm looking at this as an NFL GM, I think that there are four other guys that I'd rather take than Trey Lance. Not saying that Trey Lance is not a good quarterback at all. This draft class is stock. Just to be in the top five is a huge accomplishment. But you look at what he did at NDSU. Obviously, he played SCS football. He, I can't remember if he played any... Division one, like FBS schools. I know he was supposed to have a matchup this year with Oregon that got canceled due to COVID. But anyways, looking back at 2019, which was his big season, he played one game this season because NDSU, I'm pretty sure they're playing now for FCS spring ball, but they did schedule a game with Central Arkansas. 2019, he threw for 192 completions. He threw for 66.9% uh, completion rate, 2,786 2, yards, 9.7 average for 28 TDs and no interceptions. This guy can play. This guy can play, no doubt about it. And he rushed for 1,100 yards. You got a mobile quarterback. You got a guy who can throw the ball. Out from Fargo, North Dakota. He's going to be a great quarterback no matter where he goes. If you're into that rushing style, if you are a team out there that is looking for a quarterback that can make plays with his feet and doesn't necessarily have to rely on his running back and his wide receivers to make every play for him, this is the guy to go for. You have some great rushing quarterbacks in this. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is decent. I think Justin Fields is a good rusher. Even Zach Wilson, he's kind of an athlete. I think he's got some athleticism in him. But Trey Lance is a major freak athlete. I think that this is the guy that is definitely going to impress you with his feet out of any of the guys in this NFL draft class for these QBs out of the top main guys. So Trey Lance coming in at number five. Let's go to number four. Number four, I have the guy who people downgrade a lot, but I think I'm really high on this guy. This guy isn't a guy who's going to be the most mobile, but this is a guy who could throw the ball and he could throw it accurately and he could throw it downfield really, really well. Mac Jones quarterback the national champion from Alabama Mac Jones obviously he plays the end of the 2019 season after Tua Tagovailoa gets hurt in what was it the Mississippi State game against them he had a decent I don't want to see say he was amazing he obviously had his mistakes he was decent in 2019 but 2020 just flipped a switch and Mac Jones took off he was an amazing player last season obviously was in the Heisman race 
He lost to his own wide receiver. I think that says a lot about the players that you have in that Alabama team. But you look at this guy, 311 completions, 77.4 completion percentage, 4,500 yards, 11.2 average for 41 touchdowns and four interceptions in an all-SEC slate. What else can you say? All-SEC slate, you have to play every single team, like all the good teams. I think the only teams that this team did not play, they didn't play South Carolina and they didn't play like they played Missouri. They didn't play South Carolina. They didn't play Vanderbilt, I think. I think they played every other team in the SEC. So it's not like Alabama got off from playing Florida or Georgia or Texas A&M or LSU this season. They played them all, and Mac Jones was still able to throw these numbers up. Deep ball passing, this guy is so accurate. He could throw the ball downfield really well. Again, he's not a guy who's going to beat you with his feet. He's not the most mobile guy. But if you have a good offensive line and you have the weapons on the outside – Mac Jones is definitely a guy I'm looking at. If you want a true pocket passer, go for Mac Jones. He's the best. I don't want to say he's the best pocket passer in this draft class, but he's definitely top two. Top two, in my opinion, Mac Jones at number four. We go to number three. This one is, again, going to draw a lot of controversy because this guy, his draft stock has gone up, like shot up so much recently. I have no clue why. I mean, I like this guy. I like all these quarterbacks. I'm not going to say anything negative about these quarterbacks. Like, honestly, truthfully, I like all these guys. There's no guy here. Actually, that's a lie. There is one guy that I do not like at all, but I still have to rank him in here because he is going to go number one overall. I don't need to say his name. You guys probably already know, but I like all these guys. Zach Wilson is my number three guy. His His stock has gone up so much recently. The Jets, so many people are projecting him to go to the Jets. But if I'm the Jets, I'm going, I'm not picking Zach Wilson. There's another guy on here that I think is going to be the better quarterback, better boom potential. But don't get me wrong, Zach Wilson had an amazing season at BYU. He's an athletic guy, and he's just a fun electric player. Nothing else to say about it. He makes plays and he's just exciting to watch. This season he threw for 3,692 yards, 33 touchdowns for three interceptions. And led BYU to the top 25 spot. They're a really good team this year. Zach Wilson, though, I just feel like I can't put him in front of the number two guy, even though so many people have downgraded this number two guy. He's honestly to the point where I'm like, this guy's underrated now. I've seen him been falling back to my Panthers. Like, I'm a big Bears and Panthers fan. Obviously, I got the Christian McCaffrey jersey. And for those of you listening on the podcast, I have a Christian McCaffrey, nice Carolina blue jersey behind me. But I've seen the guy coming in at number two falling back back to the Panthers, who's the number eight team, when you have like four teams in front that need a quarterback. It's just absolutely insane. But coming in at number two, I have Justin Fields. He doesn't need an introduction. He's the most, you're either really high on him or you're really low on him like you hate him. I like Justin Fields. I have no problem coming out here and saying that. You might be a guy who's like, no, no way Justin Fields is going to be good in the NFL. I just do not see it happening. Did you see him in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern? He looked terrible. Look at all the picks he threw in that game. Well, I just say to you that there's a lot of people who probably said the same thing about, or were saying, the people that are saying Justin Fields is not a good player are the same people who are like, oh yeah, Clemson has an amazing defense. Like those people, oh my gosh, can't stand them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're one of those people who are really high on Clemson's defense and hate Justin Fields, but Sugar Bowl, just go back to the Sugar Bowl. Just go flick on the Sugar Bowl right now. I'm pretty sure that was the bowl they played in. Yeah, it was the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl this season, but just turn that game on. Justin Fields, some of the deep ball throws he had in that game, some of the plays he was able to make with his feet, they lit up Clemson's defense. For you guys who say, oh, Clemson has one of the best defenses in all of college football, 
Yes, so Justin Fields still let him up. Justin Fields is a guy who, out of these five guys, is definitely in the top two for potential boom. Like, this guy could either be at the very top of the league. I would not be shocked at all if you see this guy as a top 10 quarterback in the next coming years, maybe even top five. He is that good. He has that good of potential. I'm not saying this is going to happen, but we all know that Justin Fields has the athleticism and the pure talent to be able to come a top five quarterback in the NFL. Will he is the question. Look at how the last Ohio State quarterback ended up. From the Washington football team, one of the first QBs off the board, I think Kyler went, and then you had DJ Daniel Jones, and then you had Dwayne Haskins go. He's now on Pittsburgh. He was terrible at Washington. Justin Fields isn't going to turn out like Dwayne Haskins. I still believe in this guy through the roof. I think he has potential through the roof, and I think that he should be the Jets pick. He should be the guy that whatever team is going to take the second quarterback off the board, you go for Justin Fields because if you want to hit, if you want to hit a home run, no one that is going to be available is going to give you a better chance at hitting a home run than Justin Fields is, bottom line, in my opinion. Coming in at number one, the only quarterback that I don't like, the only quarterback that I'm not going to say like, oh, yeah, I love this guy. I, I, I love watching him play here. I'm not going to say that because I'm a huge Carolina Gamecocks fan and I hate the Clemson Tigers more than anything else in the world. That being said, you have to give credit where credit is due. You have to respect the guy for how good he is of a player. And honestly, he's not that bad of a guy either. I just don't like him purely because he just lights up my Gamecocks defense every single year and is not fun for me to watch my Gamecocks get blown out like 56-3 to every single season. But Trevor Lawrence, the number one quarterback in the draft. I, you didn't even have to click on this video and watch this to know that everyone thinks that this guy is the number one quarterback in the draft. And for good reason. Just pure talent. He can make plays with his feet, and he can just throw the ball. Like, it's, it's I don't need to explain why he's good. You guys already know why he's good, and you already know that he's going to be Urban Meyer's number one pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's how good Trevor Lawrence is. He's just an amazing player, man. Like, I hate to say it. I hate to sit up here. Like, look, I got my nice Carolina sweater on right now. For those of you listening to the podcast, I'm wearing a nice garnet, beautiful garnet and black and white sweatshirt right now I hate to say it it kills me it kills my Gamecock side of me but Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first overall pick in this NFL draft and he has the uh, he has the most potential out of any of these guys to be a home run like he could get to Tom Brady status he could get to Mahomes status it is what it is there's nothing I can do about it because that's just how good he is and I have to be honest about that he threw for, do I even need to say his stats? Like, he finished second in the Heisman voting, 3,153 yards, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions. Yeah, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask threw way more than him. But, again, he played in the ACC. Not that good conference. Like, I could ramble on and on about the ACC, but there's no excuse I can make an honest excuse and try to make myself sound good in any way saying that Trevor Lawrence is not the number one quarterback in this draft. I can't say it. He's going to go number one, and it's just how it is. So thank you so much for listening in, tuning in, guys. I really appreciate it. Definitely drop a comment, drop a rating for the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm going to try to bring this back more. I'm going to try to do these more often because I honestly like really doing them. And I'm going to post the clips from this in YouTube. So if you want to see me talking about these in person, definitely go check out YouTube. Go subscribe to the YouTube. Comment, like, do whatever. I'd really appreciate it but an ad-free podcast. I know you guys love to see it. So thank you so much for joining this podcast, this Touchdowns to Home Runs podcast presented by absolutely nobody, no one, by you, 
the fans. It's presented by you, the fans. That's the only reason I'm here. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. And definitely come back next time.